听，鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to Morse Read。欢迎您收听轻松调频美文阅读 Morse Read， 我是沈听。让我们在这里一起听美文、学英语。今天我们将会听到英国物理学家艾萨克·牛顿的一句话，俄罗斯女诗人安娜·艾哈迈托娃的一首诗歌《Love》，以及由美国作家威廉·福克纳所写的小说《A Rose for Emily》，献给艾米丽的玫瑰当中的节选片段。More to read， 用文字抒发感情，用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote. I seem to have been only like a boy playing on the seashore, and diverting myself in now and then, finding a smoother pebble or a prettier shell than ordinary, whilst the great ocean of truth lay all undiscovered before me. Isaac Newton. 我好像是一个在海边玩耍的孩子，不时为拾到比通常更光滑的石子或更美丽的贝壳而欢欣鼓舞，而展现在我面前的是完全未探明的真理之海。艾萨克·牛顿。艾萨克·牛顿出生于1643年 ，1727 年去世。英国著名的物理学家、数学家，百科全书式的全才，著有《自然哲学的数学原理》《光学》。牛顿在1687年发表的论文《自然定律》里，对万有引力和三大运动定律进行了描述。这些描述奠定了此后三个世纪里物理世界的科学观点，并成为了现代工程学的基础。他通过论证开普勒行星运动定律与他的引力理论间的一致性。展示了地面物体与天体的运动都遵循着相同的自然定律，为太阳中心说提供了强有力的理论支持，并推动了科学革命。在力学上，牛顿阐明了动量和角动量守恒的原理，提出牛顿运动定律。在光学上，他发明了反射望远镜，并基于对三棱镜将白光发散成可见光谱的观察，发展出了颜色理论。他还系统地表述了冷却定律，并研究了因素。而在数学上，牛顿与哥特弗里德、威廉·莱布尼茨分享了发展出微积分学的荣誉。I seem to have been only like a boy playing on the seashore, and diverting myself in now and then, finding a smoother pebble or a prettier shell than ordinary. Whilst the great ocean of truth lay all undiscovered before me, Isaac Newton. 我好像是一个在海边玩耍的孩子，不时为拾到比通常更光滑的石子或更美丽的贝壳而欢欣鼓舞，而展现在我面前的是完全未探明的真理之海。艾萨克·牛顿。
啡，慢慢品味。Poem of the day. Love, Anna Akhmatova. Tightly coiled, like a snake, it sits in my very heart, weaving spells, or murmurs for days on end, like a dove on my white window sill. In the sparkle of hoarfrost, a gleam. In the carnation's slumber. A hint, and secretly, surely, it leads from all joy and peace of mind. It can sob so seductively, sigh, in the violin's yearning prayer, and it happens, a stranger's smile fills me with a sudden fear. Poem 一步步远离欢乐与安宁。有时，在小提琴幽怨的相思里，他哭得竟那么动人心扉；而当你在陌生人的微笑中找到爱，又将是何等战力。我们刚才听到的这首诗歌《Love》，爱情，出自俄国女诗人安娜·艾哈迈托娃，英文版本由 Mark Griffiths 为您朗读，中文版本由轻松调频的主持人阿丽为您朗诵。安娜·艾哈迈托娃出生于1889年 ，1966 年去世，是俄罗斯白银时代最著名的女诗人，素有“俄罗斯诗歌的月亮”之美称。她著有诗集。黄昏、念珠、白色的云朵、车前草等，他的诗似信手拈来，写取身边之物，借喻内心感受，一切浑然天成。他很少直接说“我快乐”“我忧伤”“我赞美”“我痛苦”之类的话，而是以物开题，借景抒情。大自然在他的笔下是会说话的精灵，是主人公最亲密的朋友。艾哈迈托娃所运用的富有寓意的景物有玫瑰、杨柳、蒲公英、牛蒡、车前草等。从整体上说，他的诗多以短诗见长，每篇都是平中见奇，场景见奇思，长物见奇意，长语见奇趣。在我们今天听到的这首诗中
，艾哈迈托娃用女性的伤感和细腻，把对爱情的感受描写的精准而富有诗意。爱情的各种心绪、各种神奇的魅力都被形象充分的表现了出来。有时，爱情就像一条蛇，紧紧的盘踞在心头，让人心如被施巫术一般牢牢抓住，在朦朦胧胧的知觉中为之蛊惑麻醉。有时，爱情像白天在你窗口咕咕的鸽子，搅得人心烦意乱；有时，爱情带给人突然的狂喜；有时，爱情带给人美妙的遐想。诗人通过这四个巧妙的比喻，传达了爱情的各种微妙。诗歌到此骤然转折，打断了爱情甜蜜温柔的序曲，奏出了更复杂、更深沉的旋律。艾哈迈托娃以女性诗特有的敏感、委婉。咀嚼着悲喜交加的爱情，其间含有深刻的生活哲理和丰富的人生体验。Love, Anna Akhmatova. Tightly coiled, like a snake. It sits in my very heart, weaving spells, or murmurs for days on end, like a dove on my white window sill. In the sparkle of hoarfrost, a gleam. In the carnation's slumber, a hint, and secretly, surely, it leads from all joy. And peace of mind. It can sob so seductively, sigh, in the violin's yearning prayer, and it happens, a stranger's smile, fills me with a sudden fear. Love, 悄悄指引你，一步步远离欢乐与安宁。有时，在小提琴幽怨的相思里，他哭得竟那么动人心扉；而当你在陌生人的微笑中找到爱，又将是何等战力！世界，用心用心聆听。Beauty of words。威廉·福克纳出生于1897年 ，1962 年去世，是美国文学史上最具有影响力的作家之一，也是意识流文学在美国的代表人物。1949年，他获得诺贝尔文学奖，获奖原因是
，因为他对当代美国小说做出了强有力的和艺术上无与伦比的贡献。威廉·福克纳一生共写了19部长篇小说与120多篇短篇小说，其中15部长篇与绝大多数短篇的故事都发生在约克纳帕塔法县，称为约克纳帕塔法市系。其主要脉络是这个县的杰弗森镇及其郊区的属于不同社会阶层的若干家族的几代人的故事。时间呢，从1800年起，直到第二次世界大战以后。世系中共600多个有名有姓的人物，在各个长篇、短篇小说中穿插交替出现。最有代表性的作品是《喧哗与骚动》。我们今天要为大家选读的一篇故事题目为《A Rose for Emily》，献给艾米丽的玫瑰。故事发生在美国的内战时期，战争给南方人造成了致命的打击。小镇居民沉浸在对辉煌过去的回忆之中，他们迫切需要一座代表传统的偶像，给他们精神上的支撑和慰藉。于是，艾米丽永远成为了他们的纪念碑和梦想中的南方淑女。艾米丽的大院就成了神龛，艾米丽小姐既是全镇人的偶像。也是全镇人的玩物，因此他必须是一个无欲的南方贵族，他必须要为保持自己高贵的身份舍弃超越了阶级的爱情。好，下面呢就让我们一起来读一下这篇文章的中英文版本，中文版本由轻松调频的主持人念希为您朗读。A Rose for Emily by William Faulkner. 献给艾米丽的玫瑰，威廉·福克纳。So the next day we all said, she will kill herself, and we said it would be the best thing. When she had first begun to be seen with Homer Baron, we had said, she will marry him. Then we said, she will persuade him yet, because Homer himself had remarked, he liked men. And it was known that he drank with the younger men in the Elks Club, that he was not a marrying man. Later, we said, "Poor Emily, behind the jalousies as they passed on Sunday afternoon in the glittering buggy, Miss Emily with her head high, and Homer Baron with his hat cocked and a cigar in his teeth, reins and whip in a yellow glove." 于是，第二天我们大家都说。他要自杀了，我们也都说这是再好不过的事了。我们第一次看到他和何莫伯龙在一块时，我们都说他要嫁给他了。后来又说他还得说服他呢，因为何莫自己说他喜欢和男人来往。大家都知道他和年轻人在麋鹿俱乐部一起喝酒。他本人也说过，他是无异于成家的人。以后每逢礼拜天下午，他们乘着漂亮的轻便马车路过时，艾米丽小姐昂着头，何莫歪戴着帽子，嘴里叼着雪茄，戴着黄手套，握着马缰和马鞭。我们在百叶窗后面不禁要说一声：“可怜的艾米丽。” Then some of the ladies began to say that it was a disgrace to the town and a bad example to the young people. The men did not want to interfere, but at last the ladies forced the Baptist minister, Miss Emily's people were Episcopal, to call upon her. 
he would never divulge what happened during that interview, but he refused to go back again. The next Sunday, they again drove about the streets, and the following day, the minister's wife wrote to Miss Emily's relations in Alabama. 后来，有些妇女开始说，这是这个镇子的耻辱，在年轻人中间造成了很坏的影响。男人们不想干涉，但妇女们终于迫使浸礼会牧师、艾米丽小姐一家人都是属于圣公会的，去拜访他。关于访问经过，他从未透露，但他再也不愿去第二趟了。第二个礼拜天，他们又驾着马车出现在了街上。于是，牧师夫人在第二天就写信告知艾米丽那在亚拉巴马的亲属。So she had blood kin under her roof again, and we sat back to watch developments. At first, nothing happened. Then we were sure that they were to be married. We learned that Miss Emily had been to the jewelers and ordered a men's toilet set in silver, with the letters H B on each piece. Two days later, we learned that she had bought a complete outfit of men's clothing, including a nightshirt, and we said, "They are married." We were really glad. We were glad because the two female cousins were even more grierson than Miss Emily had ever been. 原来。他家里还有近亲，于是我们坐待事态的发展。起先没有动静，随后我们确定，他们即将结婚。我们还听说艾米丽小姐去过首饰店，订购了一套银质男人盥洗用具，每件上面都刻着“和伯”。两天之后，人家又告诉我们，她买了全套男人服装，包括睡衣。因此，我们说，他们已经结婚了。我们着实高兴。我们高兴的是，两位堂姐妹跟艾米丽小姐比起来，更有格里尔生家族的风度。So we were not surprised when Homer Baron, the streets had been finished some time since, was gone. We were a little disappointed that there was not a public blowing off, but we believed that we had gone on to prepare for Miss Emily's coming. Or to give her a chance to get rid of the cousins. By that time, it was Cabell, and we were all Miss Emily's allies to help circumvent the cousins. Sure enough, after another week, they departed, and as we had expected all along, within three days, Homer Baron was back in town. A neighbor saw the Negro man admit him at the kitchen door at dusk one evening. Hence. 当何莫伯龙离开本城，街道铺路工程已经竣工好一阵子了时，我们一点儿也不惊奇，倒是因为缺少一番送行告别的热闹，不无失望之感。不过，我们都相信他此去是为了迎接艾米丽小姐做一番准备，或者是让她有个机会打发走两个堂姐妹。这时已经形成了一个秘密小集团。我们都站在艾米丽小姐一边，帮她踢开这一对堂姐妹。真是这样的，一星期后，他们就走了，而且正如我们一直所期待的那样，何莫伯龙又回到镇上来了。一位邻居亲眼看见那个黑人在一个黄昏时分打开厨房门，让他进去了。
and that was the last we saw of Homer Baron, and of Miss Emily for some time. The Negro men went in and out with the market basket, but the front door remained closed. Now and then we would see her at a window for a moment, as the men did that night when they sprinkled the lime, but for almost six months she did not appear on the streets. Then we knew that this was to be expected too, as if that quality of her father, which had thwarted her woman's life so many times, had been too vigilant and too furious to die. This is our last time we saw Homer Bolong. As for Emily, we have been absent for a short time. The black man carried the goods in and out, but the door was closed. 偶尔可以看到他的身影在窗口晃过，就像人们在撒石灰那天夜晚曾经见过的那样。但却整整六个月，他没有出现在大街上。我们明白，这也并非出乎意料。他父亲的性格给他那作为女性的一生平添了许多波折，而这种性格仿佛太恶毒、太狂暴，但却消失不了。When we next saw Miss Emily, she had grown fat, and her hair was turning grey. During the next few years, it grew greyer and greyer, until it tanned an even pepper and salt iron grey. When it ceased turning, up to the day of her death at seventy-four, it was still that vigorous iron grey, like the hair of an active man. 等到我们再见到艾米丽小姐时，她已经发胖了。头发也灰白了。以后几年中，头发越来越灰，最后变成了像胡椒盐似的铁灰色。直到他七十四岁去世时，还保持着那旺盛的铁灰色，像是一个活跃的男子的头发。From that time on, her front door remained closed, save for a period of six or seven years, when she was about forty. During which she gave lessons in China painting, she fitted up a studio in one of the downstairs rooms where the daughters and granddaughters of Colonel Sartori's contemporaries were sent to her with the same regularity and in the same spirit that they were sent to church on Sundays with a twenty-five cent piece for the collection plate. Meanwhile, her taxes had been remitted. 打那时起，她的前门就一直关着。除了在他四十岁左右的六七年的时间之外，在那段时期，他开授瓷器彩绘课。在楼下的一个房间里，他临时布置了一个画室。沙多里斯上校的那一代人全都把女儿、孙女儿送到他那里学画，那样的守时，那样的认真，简直同礼拜天去教堂去。还给他们两角五分钱的硬币，准备放在捐献盆子里的情况是一模一样的。这时，他的捐税已经被赦免了。Then the newer generation became the backbone and the spirit of the town, and the painting pupils grew up and fell away and did not send their children to her with boxes of color and tedious brushes and pictures cut from the ladies' magazines. The front door closed upon the last one, and remained closed for good. When the town got free postal delivery, 
Miss Emily alone refused to let them fasten the metal numbers above her door and attach a mailbox to it. She would not listen to them. 后来，新的一代成了全镇的骨干，学画的学生们也长大成人，渐次离开了。他们没有让自己的孩子带着颜色盒、令人生厌的画笔和从妇女杂志上剪下来的图片到艾米丽小姐那里去学画。最后一个学生离开后，前门就关上了，而且是永远的关上了。全镇实行免费邮递制度之后，只有艾米丽小姐一人拒绝在她门口钉上金属门牌号，附设一个邮件箱。她对他们不理不睬。Daily, monthly, yearly, we watched the Negro grow grayer and more stooped. Going in and out with the market basket. Each December, we send her a tax notice, which would be returned by the post office a week later, unacclaimed. Now and then, we would see her in one of the downstairs windows. She had evidently shut up the top floor of the house, like the carven torso of an idol in a niche, looking or not looking at us. We could never tell which. Thus, she passed from generation to generation, dear, inescapable, impervious, tranquil, and perverse. 日复一日，月复一月，年复一年。我们眼看着那黑人的头发白了，背也脱了，还照旧提着购货篮进进出出。每年十二月，我们都寄给他一张纳税通知单，但。一星期后又被邮局退了回来，因为无人收信。不时我们在楼下的一个窗口，他显然是把楼上封闭起来了，见到他的身影，像神龛中的一个偶像的雕塑躯干。我们说不上他是不是在看着我们。他就这样度过了一年又一年，高贵，宁静。无法逃避，无法接近，怪癖乖张。And so she died, fell ill in the house filled with dust and shadows, with only a doddering Negro man to wait on her. We did not even know she was sick. We had long since given up trying to get any information from the Negro. He talked to no one, probably not even to her, for his voice had grown harsh and rusty. As if from disuse, 他就这样与世长辞了，在一栋尘埃遍地、鬼影幢幢的屋子里得了病，伺候他的只有一个老态龙钟的黑人。我们甚至连他病了也不知道，也早已不想从黑人那里去打听什么消息了。他跟谁也不说话，恐怕对他也是如此。他的嗓子似乎由于长久不用而变得嘶哑了。She died in one of the downstairs rooms, in a heavy worn-up bed with a curtain. Her grey head, propped on the pillow, yellow and mouldy with age and lack of sunlight. 他死在楼下的一间屋子里，笨重的胡桃木床上还挂着床帷。他的枕头由于多年不见阳光，已经黄的发霉了。
感谢您收听今天的美文阅读节目，您也可以通过云听 App 在线实时收听美文阅读以及轻松调频的其他节目，并随时聆听节目回放。想要查看美文阅读节目文稿，欢迎您访问网站 radio.cgtn.com。今天的节目就到这儿，我们明天见。